times. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Numbers chapter 13. Let's see, I have, I think, an hour and a half to preach this morning. So, thank you. I only got one preach, but that's all a preacher needs. (laughs) I actually don't even need that, to be honest. (laughs) Praise God. Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward. And go up into the mountain. I want to stop right here and say real quick. It was not the will of God that they spy out the land. Uh, God reprimanded them for that later on. And see the land what it is. And the people that dwelleth therein. Whether they be strong or weak. Few or many. I thought God told them it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. They didn't believe that. Got to go see for yourself. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. Really? Or what cities that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. I thought God said there were houses there that you haven't built. What the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether it be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage. And bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Everybody say grapes. So they went up, searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as the men came to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came into Hebron where Ahaman, Sheshai, and Talmai, if you're looking for names for your children, and children of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And when they came to the brook of Eshgal and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. I want to ask you a question today and it's the title of my message. Have you tasted The grapes. Have you tasted the grapes? Everybody say, thank God for the word. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Galileo said, the sun, with all those planets revolving around it and depend on it, can still ripen a bunch of grapes as if it had nothing else in the universe to do. Dimitri Martin said, my favorite fruit is grapes, because with grapes, you always get another chance. I'm a living, breathing witness of that. Because you know, he said, if you have a bad apple or a bad peach, you're stuck with a bad piece of fruit. But if you have a bad grape, no problem. Just move on to the next. Grapes, he said, is the fruit of hope. Marcus Aurelius said we ought to do good things to others as simply as a horse runs or a bee makes honey or a vine bears grapes season after season without thinking of the grapes it has borne. 
In Genesis chapter 15, God tells Abraham that his seed, the seed of Abraham, the Jewish people, will be a stranger in a strange land and will be afflicted for 400 years. Then God will judge that nation and they shall come out with great substance. Y'all bear with me, I need to taste a grape. Then God, those are good grapes, by the way. I don't have to move on to the next one. That was a good one. Then God gave Moses a word of promise to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. He promised that would happen. And he said that promise would come to them after 400 years of slavery to the Egyptian people. The promise is this. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 17, And I have said, God speaking, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt, unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Then in Deuteronomy 6, he tells them, wait a minute. I know I told you that it was a land flowing with milk and honey, but I left something out. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. And it shall be... When the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things, which thou filled not, and wells digged, which thou dug not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou planted not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. There's another small detail that God said I need to mention to you. That there's going to be giants in that land as well. So Moses sends 12 spies to spy the land and to bring back some fruit of the land. They go into the land, they spy out the land, and they bring back figs, pomegranates, and grapes. And the grapes were so large that the Bible said one cluster had to be put on a staff and carried by two men. I have never in my life seen a cluster of grapes like that. All 12 spies announced, It is truly a land flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of the fruits. The 10 spies went on to say, Nevertheless, nevertheless, or in our modern language, what they were saying was, But... Look at your neighbor and say, but. As soon as I hear the word, but, I know trouble is brewing. That one little word has robbed people of their faith, stolen their health, deprived them of their dreams, kept them from a miracle, and slammed the door shut on the promises of God. They say, I know God can heal, but. I know God can deliver, but. I know God can save, but. I know God can open the door, but. I know God can bring water out of the rock, but can He give us a table and put meat on it here in the wilderness? I know God can, but... How many times, how many times have we as a church 
and even individuals have stood on the border of our promised land and failed to take possession just because we could not believe at that moment that God was able. Every time you add a but to the promise of God, you limit God. You disqualify yourself from His promise and from His provision. These ten spies all had the same problems. They had giants in their eyes. All they could see was the giants in the land. They couldn't see the houses that had been built and the vineyards that had been planted. They couldn't see the figs and the pomegranates and these huge clusters of grapes. They couldn't see that. All they could see was giants. At some, at some point in your life as a believer, you have to make up your mind. What do you want in life? What are you going to see out of life? Are you going to see giants or are you going to see grapes? Y'all bear with me. I have to taste a grape. Grapes are simply the promises, the blessings, and the provision of God. Grapes are the promises and the blessing and the provisions of God. Giants, on the other hand, are the enemies and the adversaries to the promises and the provisions of God. Giants are employed by the devil and your own thinking to resist you and to frustrate you and to steal the promises of God from your life. There's all kinds of giants that are around us every day, all day long. There's giants of fear, insecurity, inferiority, sickness, debt, depression, worry, anxiety, stress, family problems, and the list goes on and on. But whatever name you put on them, their mission and their purpose is to keep you from receiving your blessing and to keep you from enjoying the promises of God for your life. In life, you're either going to have giants or you're going to have grapes. But you can't have both. That means either the giants are going to occupy your thoughts and capture your attention and decide your actions and control your life, or the grapes will. If you're motivated and energized and driven by the grapes, the giants won't be a problem. But if you're controlled and manipulated and dominated by the giants in your life, then you'll never taste the grapes. When you are motivated and energized and driven by the grapes, you will scare some people around you. You'll begin to talk big. You'll think big. You'll plan big. You'll worship big. You'll give big. And you'll even dream big. We make bold statements like Joshua and Caleb who boldly declare we are able to take the land. We are well able to do what God said we can do. Now I want you to know when you become aggressive in your faith and when you become bold in your confession, you're going to attract attention and you're going to stir up some people and your greatest enemies are not going to be in the world and not even of the world. Your greatest enemies to bold, courageous, grape-grabbing, giant-killing faith are going to be those closest to you, including your family, your fellow churchgoers. They're going to be the ones who have giants in their eyes. All they can see is giants. All they can talk about are the giants. All they can see is the negative. And they have decided that it's not worth it. And they'll fight against you. And they'll criticize you. And they'll persecute you. And they'll do everything they can to hinder you and keep you from moving forward and seeing your big dream fulfilled. The truth is, 
This describes many people in the church. They've been captured by giants. And they're being held prisoner by a giant mentality. These are the ones who will resist you when you res- and resent you for breaking out of giant prison. They will criticize you and do everything they can to discourage your faith. Like Joshua and Caleb, you have to be able to say to these people, I love you, but I don't agree with you. I love you, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in giant prison just to make you happy. I believe somebody here today is about to break out of giant prison because you're tired of living with a lot of Pentecostalisms and criticisms and all of these things that hold you back and to keep you at a stalemate in your relationship with God. I believe somebody here right now is reaching for that big cluster of grapes and you want to pop one in your mouth and say, God, I want to taste the grapes again. I want to feel that holy anointing. I want to feel that boldness in the Holy Ghost. I want to feel like I can shout and dance again. I want to feel like I can run the aisles again. I want to get plugged in again. I want to encourage somebody. Reach out, man. And take one of those grapes and pop it in your mouth and see what God does. Somebody clap your hands and shout yes. Once you taste grapes, giants don't matter anymore. The taste of the grape is worth the threat of the giant. Giants are just something you have to deal with to get the grapes. It's just a part of it. If life don't bring you a challenge, then what's the point in faith? If life don't bring you a trial, then what's the point of courage? Why do we summarily just slump our shoulders down and put our face to the ground and just give up? So easy. As I recall, Jesus, excuse me, (coughs) Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and you shall receive a gloomy spirit of depression. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will receive, well, it'll cause you to be offended more easily. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it will empower you to become judgmental. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then it will empower you to have a terrible marriage, terrible finances, a terrible house to live in, a terrible car to drive, and to just live in a continual state of poverty. Why are you shouting no? When some of us have been so willing to accept that criteria. Casey pointed out something last night. She texted me Friday night and said, Dad, I have a big dream. And I said, well, we want to hear it. So we went over last night at about 11 o'clock after her boys was in bed and to hear her dream. She said, I want to sit down 
with the kids that received the Holy Ghost at camp. And her and Chris did this morning. Took them in a Sunday school room with all the stuff they have to do on Sunday morning. A little guilt trip here to those of you that come to church and do, well, just walk in the door and sit down and put in the offering plate and leave. Anyway, they took the kids in the Sunday school class and they said, we want to teach you for a little while about what the Holy Ghost is and what the Holy Ghost can do for your life. You know what they were doing? You know what they were doing? They just grabbed a handful of grapes and they gave it to those kids. Here, Leah, taste of grape. AJ, taste of grape. Where's Dawson? Way over there. Okay, Dawson, when will get me a good nap this afternoon? <laughs> taste of grape. Who else? There you go, way over there. All right. I'm coming. They said, we want you to taste the grape. I'm tired of us passing down anything but the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of us giving our kids and our young people everything else but the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell everybody, you can live for God victorious. You can have triumphants in your life. You can be something for God. You just have to taste the grape. Somebody taste the grape. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. When you fill your eyes with the promises of God, the problems in your life become very small. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in His wonderful face. What happens when you do that? The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. We sing that song, but we hardly ever apply it. There's people here today that's so wound up in life with attitudes and mentalities and perspectives and points of view and all of that kind of stuff. You've taken God and put Him under a microscope and you just can't get God to measure up to what you think your life ought to be and even what He ought to be. You know why? It's because you haven't tasted a grape in a long, long, long time. You're walking around your promised land with your hands in your pocket. I ain't tasting a grape. Unless God holds me down and forces my mouth open, I ain't tasting a grape. That's what he did to Jacob last week, for those of you that were here. He gave that man a dream and it turned his life around. And everything Jacob was that night began to cease to be. And then he had an encounter with God. And God touched the, the hip the hip of his thigh, the Bible said. And he walked away with a limp. But he also walked away with a name. And life was never the same. You know why? It's because he got a mouth full of grapes. He got tired of looking at giants and determined, I'm going to 
pick a grape and I'm going to eat grapes and I'm going to see grapes and I'm going to think of God help me today. I'm sorry. I haven't said this in a long time. Some of you ain't hearing me. God has let me know that it's time for Grace Church to break out of its giant mentality. You've been held there long enough. You've been held there illegally. But today, it's time to break out. God wants to give you a new vision. God wants to give you a new dream. He wants to give you a big dream. You're not going to have your eyes full of giants anymore. All you're going to be able to see is the grapes of your promised land. The grapes of your promised land. And no giant, no giant is going to keep me from what God intended me to have. I believe somebody here is going to start thinking grapes. I'll probably go to Walmart tonight about 9 o'clock and there won't be a grape nowhere in that store. I'm making somebody hungry for grapes. There's somebody here right now. Raise your hand if you'd like to have one of these grapes. Look at that. You just set yourself up, buddy. You are dead meat for the rest of this message. You want a grape? Get in your promised land. And take your hands out of your pocket. Let me tell you something. Now these grapes, I had Sister Eton, Brother Chris bought them for me late last night at Walmart. Brought them to church this morning. Sister Eton washed them, took them off the stem, and put them in the fridge. And they're cold, and they're sweet, man. How many of you want a grape? Maybe in a minute we'll have to see. I'll think about sharing my grapes with you in a little while. Let me ask every adult in this room right now. What kind of heritage are you going to pass down to your children and to your grandchildren? Are you going to pass down your giants or your grapes? What will your confession be? Dawson? Josh and Micah? Grandkids to our grandparents? We came to a land flowing with milk and honey, but the giants were so big and so mean that we didn't even try to fight them, and we forfeited our inheritance. Or, son, daughter, grandkids, we came to this land flowing with milk and honey, and the grapes were so big that it took two full-grown men to carry one cluster between the two of them on a staff. Oh, yeah, there were some giants there too, but there weren't any big deal. Here, taste the grapes. I saw it again this morning. I saw it again this morning when the praise team was singing, Nothing is impossible. Don't fool with my grapes. <laughs> Brother Steve, I'll never embarrass him. Never, never mock. None of that. But, buddy, he was giving it all he had. Nothing is impossible. And I looked standing beside him was Tessa. 
What were your kids doing this morning? How many sour grapes have you fed your children? Y'all need to call the Louisiana district office and order tape that Wayne Huntley preached at camp meeting a number of years ago why some Pentecostal kids won't be saved. Every parent needs to have that. And you need to listen to it on a regular basis. You know why? It's because when we get home from church... We pass on our giants. Brother Steve, grab some grapes and pass them over to you kids. You can give Sarah one. She don't jump up and down too much, but she's awesome in Sunday school. (laughs) She's awesome in Sunday school and a dozen other ways. Amen. But there's two kinds of people in the church. There are those who spend their lives measuring giants and talking about how tall and how mean and how powerful they were. And they spend more time explaining the problem than they do the potential of the miracle. Then there are those who are weighing the grapes. I'll carry the burden of the grape. Another sermon for another time. I'll carry the burden of the grapes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll sacrifice whatever it takes for the grapes. Because grapes always outweigh giants. I challenge you to study this. But proportionally, the grapes was much bigger than the giants. It took two men to carry out one cluster of grapes. They were huge. But the ten spies still had to look past that huge cluster of grapes to measure up a giant. I can't speak for you, but as for me and my house, we've been in the grape weighing business for a long time. We weigh the promises of God, and they're heavier, and they're far more powerful than any giant could ever be. Brother Jerry Holland sent Sister Murphy and I a text Friday. And he said, God spoke to me and told me to tell you. He don't know anything about this. I quit telling Brother Holland things. (laughs) I didn't tell him much to start with. And the one thing I told him, he blabbed it to all of you. Something to do with the fellowship hall. Which, by the way, when that starts to happen, Sister Alexander, we're going to call it the Alexander Center or the A Center. That awesome couple, they brought us here. That's the least we can do. But some of you here today have had some giants that have been lying to you and stealing from you. They've been manipulating and intimidating you, but that was yesterday. I believe there's some people here right now that needs to start standing on your faith in the Word of God. There are people here right now that have had giants lying to you, threatening you, stealing from you, and but today you're going to taste some grapes. I'm tasting joy today. I'm tasting peace today. I'm tasting my salvation today. 
I'm tasting my new anointing. I'm tasting my breakthrough. I'm tasting the breakthrough in my life, in my home, in my finances. Come on, somebody. Taste some grapes for your ministry. Taste some grapes for the restoration of your family. Taste some grapes for the healing of your body. Taste as many as you can. Taste as many as you want. I'm almost done, but I want everybody to stand up. I'm going to have to sit back down in a minute, but everybody stand up. I'm not finished. Brother Nathan, put the next slide up. This is what I want you to tell your neighbor. In faith with fervency, I am a giant-killing, grape-tasting child of God. Say it again. I'm a giant-killing, grape-tasting child of God. It's a tragedy to allow giants to stop you from tasting the grapes that are growing in your inheritance. Everybody clap your hands and shout yes! You may be seated. Now, if you want to taste grapes, I want to give everybody here today permission. You're not the trespasser. You're not the trespasser. The giants need to be evicted because it's not their land anymore. It's your land. It's your inheritance. It's what God said He gave to you. Maybe the reason giants are so big is because they've been eating your grapes. You're not stealing grapes, Sister Eton. It's a little private joke from this morning. You're not stealing the grapes. Okay, I'll tell you what the joke is. When I was a kid, my mother I always went to the grocery store with my mother. Don't know why, but always did. Every time she walked past the grapes at A&P back in those days, she would take three or four and eat them walking through the store. As God would have it, an evangelist came through our home church. Several months after that, I saw that happen. Seen it happen several times. What happened this time, an evangelist came through and said specifically, if you go to the grocery store and shop and you pick three or four grapes and eat them and you don't pay for them, you're stealing grapes. So I had this conversation with Sister Eton and she justified it some kind of way. I said, so if I go to a car lot and just steal one car, not the whole lot full of them, it's okay? Well, that's different. I want to tell you this morning, when you go to your promised land, you're not stealing grapes. They're your grapes. God said, I have vineyards for you that you didn't plant. I could run through a troop 
and leap over a wall. Somebody needs to get your head around what I'm preaching. And I know you've heard this kind of preaching before, but it's different this time because this isn't just a step of faith. This is the beginning of a dream. I'm getting my family back. I'm getting my kids back. My finances are going to get better. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to make more money. And I'm going to do more in the kingdom of God than I've ever done. I'm going to work Grace Reach Kids with Brother Gary and Sister Ashley. I'm going to mow the church grass. I'm going to teach a Sunday school class. Hold that for me a minute. Ain't everybody that gets to hold my grapes. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Somebody needs to start dreaming. Life can get summarily better from here. Forget about the past. The past is in the past. Look forward ahead of you. God has a cluster of grapes with your name written on it. Go taste the grapes. All right. You may be seated. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. I'm almost finished. You know why I believe the grapes were so big? This don't do it justice. When I ask kindly and sweetly for our grape thief here this morning, <laughs> when I asked Sister Eton if she had a pretty bowl, I forgot to tell her to try to find one that didn't weigh 48 pounds. I'm about to give out up here. I need a staff and another man to come help me carry these grapes. I feel like I've got a giant glass in my hands. Do you know why I believe the grapes are so big? I'll tell you. I can't prove it in Scripture, but I challenge you to argue with me. God figured out a way to match the size of the giant. So he did it with the grape. You and I both know that a cluster of grapes are not so big that it takes two men to carry them. I've never seen a grape cluster that big. But I believe God made a statement to the children of Israel and to those 12 spies. He decided, I'm going to put some miracle grow on those vines. And buddy, they're going to produce Texas-sized grapes. Did y'all ever hear about the Canadian that brought the Texan to Niagara Falls and said, you say everything's bigger in Texas? Match that. The Texan looked around for a minute and thought, and he said, no, we don't have falls that big, but we've got a plumber that can fix it. (laughs) I have come to the conclusion that there are people that are not going to smile in church. I don't care what you do. But I believe God was showing not only His greatness in size, but the abundant part of God, the abundant nature of God, that when God promises you something, it's going to be big. God just don't promise you a dollar. He'll promise you 10000 In the case of this church, he promised us a million. And he brought it to pass. God don't go cheap. God ain't tight-fisted. So he thought, devil, if you've got a giant that can grow 9 to 13 feet tall, I'll grow some grapes. 
Y'all still hadn't figured out where I'm headed with this, do you? I ain't one fellow, ain't one soul here has figured out where I'm going to end up. Hallelujah. Even the theologians up here, the Holy Trinity, hadn't figured it out. There. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell, the crowd gathered around the upper room and said, These men are drunk on new wine. Peter said, and this is Murphy commentary, yeah, they're drunk, but not like you think. They hadn't been hitting the bottle. That ain't where it's coming from. There's another source. There's another source of intoxication. These people are drunk on Holy Ghost wine. Where did God get his grapes to make that wine. Don't look at me like you knew where I was going. You <clears throat> Can I submit to you this morning that out of all of the million ways God could have illustrated the initial baptism of the Holy Ghost, he chose to do it through intoxication. People drinking too much wine to somewhere along the line can that correlate with them big old giant grapes out of our promised land. God said, I'm sorry I wasn't going to send Chris to Walmart and buy me bottles of wine this morning. Some of you may have been offended even though I did think about it. But it's time for us to take the grapes a step further. Why don't you take your grapes? Why don't you turn it into wine? These are as clean as I can possibly make them. Just take one and pass it down. I don't know how far this will go, and I may not get the number right if you don't get a grape. Too bad. <laughs> Y'all will never forget this sermon. And that's the point. Somebody's going to have to hold out your hand <laughs> if you want a grape. <clears throat> and pass them down. Anitra, it's great to see you here today. She was shaking her head, knowing what I don't know what she thought I was fixing to do. I was just offering you a grape. Have a grape, man. Taste a grape. I hope y'all trust my hands are clean. But just buy into Mark 16 that if you eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. This is taking way too long. The rest of this church may not get any grapes. <laughs> here, I think I shorted you one. I don't want somebody pouting over here, so. Y'all want a grape? Anybody want a grape? Say that again. They were good. Huh? They were good. How bad y'all want a grape?
Let me illustrate one more time. And I will set this bowl at Grand Central and you can get one going out as my arm's about to go to sleep. Brother Mike, come up here for just a minute, if you would. Brother James, let me see. Johnny, come see. Brother Tommy, I want y'all to just stand right here looking at the crowd. You don't have to say nothing. I don't want to have to call paramedics here this morning. These are giants. These are big, strong men. Who's laughing? You think this is funny? Come up here and fight with one of them. Let me know how it goes. Lori's over there, oh, Johnny. You get him mad and see what he can do. Y'all have to move over for this to work. Here's your grapes. Who wants to taste the grapes now? Are y'all willing to wade through the giants to get to the grapes? Y'all willing to do that? If anybody wants to come charging, head towards Brother James. You'll probably come out better. (laughs) He's the oldest one up here, I think. You want your grapes? Y'all get the point? This is what the ten spies saw when they went to the land of Canaan. And this is what we see. We see the Word of God, but standing between us and the grapes is what the doctor said. Standing between us and the grapes is what the employer said. Standing between us and the grapes, you get the point? You get the point? Well, it's a bad marriage. It's bad finances. It's bad this. It's bad that. How bad do you want to taste the grapes? I'm not going to give them to you. If you want to taste the grapes, you're going to have to wade through a giant to get to it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you all. Thank you. Remain standing. I was so pumped. I wasn't able to be at camp Wednesday night. Obviously, I was here. But Casey... Her sister Murphy sent me a text on the way to youth camp. Dave was riding with me and said that four of our kids had received the Holy Ghost that night. And on the tail end of that was a video of Leah receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and A.J. speaking in other tongues. So Ethel... What are you going to pass down to Leah now? Are you going to give her your giants? Or are you going to give her your grapes? I'm serious. Sheila, what are you going to give AJ? Your giants? Or your grapes? I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Thus saith the Lord, My presence and my word has been spoken. My presence is being filled. I am in this house with you right now. I have made you promises, and I am a God that does not lie, and neither am I a God that fails. If I made you a promise, I have the power to fulfill that promise. I have the power to meet your needs. I have the power to heal your body. I have the power to touch your mind, 
your nervous system, your emotional system. I am God, and with me nothing is impossible. I have things for you that you have yet tasted of. I implore you, I urge you in this time of blessing that you lift your face to me in your heart and taste of me and see that I am still good. I am still God. I have not changed. I have not moved. You're disillusioned. You're frustrated. And it's against my will and purpose for your life. I say to you today, reach out to me in faith. Renew your commitment and I will restore your soul. Renew your faith and I will restore your hope. I am with you. I've never left you. I am ever present walking with you. Reach out to me. Reach up to me. And I will be there for you. And I will fulfill the promises that I have made saith the Lord oh God God's brought this church to the kingdom for such a time as this God wants somebody here to taste the grapes You know and I know, those of you that are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, our atmosphere started off excited and it still is. But there's a soberness here right now. God wants you to take Him serious. I dare say that God could enter you into a time of blessing for your life, for your marriage, for your finances. I keep saying that. I've been saying that for months. God wants to start working in people's lives. He wants a church to rapture out of here. He wants to start working in your life to make you the best you can be. To bring out all the good in you. But you've been terrified of giants. You've been held prisoner by giants. God has a way of making His presence appealing. He grows big grapes, man. He gives big dreams. He gives big promises. And He's brought them to pass in my life. And He'll bring them to pass in yours. Somebody, somebody here this morning, taste the grapes. We're going to try something this morning. Casey's inspiration, Gary and Ashley, if you would come, you know about this. I want the kids that receive the Holy Ghost at youth camp to come up here and stand, stand with Brother Gary and Sister Ashley. If you receive the Holy Ghost at youth camp. All the other kids that are here today that went to youth camp last week, I want you to come stand up here with them. If, you were, if you're in this age group and you didn't go to camp last week, I want you to come stand up here with them. Our campers that are going to youth camp next week, I want you to come stand up here with them. <clears throat> I want all of you kids, as they start to play and sing softly, I'm going to ask all of you just to lift your hands and close your eyes. And I want you to start praying. We're going to pray that they taste the grapes this morning. If they have the Holy Ghost, we want them to be refilled with the Holy Ghost. If they've never received the Holy Ghost, we want them to receive the Holy Ghost again. Everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. Now the rest of you that would like to taste the grapes, I want you to come this morning. Everybody, come on. Everybody come while they're singing. If you have a need in your life, 
I want our Sunday school teachers to come pray with our children. Y'all start praying, kids. All you kids start praying. That's right. I want our Sunday school teachers to come pray with them. Everybody else, you want to taste the grapes? You want to taste the grapes? You got something going on in your life? You're tired of a giant mentality? It's time to taste the grapes. It's time to taste the grapes. Some of our young people come pray with our kids. We want them filled up with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you need something from the Lord, why don't you lift your hands up heavenward right now and say, God, help me to taste the grapes. God, empower me right now to taste the grapes. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. Pray. Everybody pray. Everybody reach out to the Lord. Everybody reach out to the Lord. Is that good? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, taste the grapes! This is a golden opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is an awesome moment. This is an awesome moment to be healed. This is an awesome moment to receive a miracle from God no matter what it is. Come on, somebody, taste the grapes!